Welcome to the Searching for Happiness podcast, where you can be open and vulnerable about your mental health and past, diving deep into everyday lives as we try to find the true meaning of happiness in ourselves. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Searching for Happiness podcast. I am your host, Joseph Grable, and today I have with me veteran and filmmaker, Mickey O'Franny. How are you doing today, man? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming. Uh, uh, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come. Uh, I know you come all the way from Long Beach, so, you know, it's quite a drive. So I, I really appreciate you coming out and, you know, showing some love and doing this with me, man. I've been looking forward to this uh, chat for quite some time. So. Definitely. Definitely, man. So let's definitely uh, just get into it. Uh, you know, we've known each other for, I'd say, close to like a, a little over a year now, right? Yeah, yeah a little. Yeah, a we met in class. We met in school. Um, I think it was like a production one class. Yeah. Um, but uh, ever since then, we've always got really along really well. I've always loved your character. I've always loved, you know, your energy and what you brought to the table and how, you know, well, we just worked together. Um, so, you know, that's why, that's mainly why I wanted to bring you on. And I know you have a lot of life experience, you know, you know, you're telling me a little bit about it, but of course I told you, you know, shush, shush, so we could talk about it yeah. here, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm very excited for you to be here and I couldn't thank you enough. Um, but you know, with that being said, uh, how, you know, how did you find your way to Los Angeles? Um, you know, I know you're a veteran. So you obviously lived a whole nother life before here. So how did you like find your way to Los Angeles? All right. So um, it was in, well, I was in the military for just four years. I got stationed in Camp Pendleton, which is kind of by San Clemente, south of San Clemente. And then, um, yeah, after, after I got out, I was like, uh, I don't I wasn't know like I didn't know what I was gonna do, so I stayed in L.A. area. I moved like probably like five five times, and literally lived in every county of Los like San Bernardino, San Bernardino, and then the Valley, Orange County, and then L.A. That's crazy, man. It's it's not a. I understand why though, yeah. dude. It's not it's not hard to move yeah. in Los Angeles, especially when you know your rent's always changing. Yeah. Your rent your rent never ever stays the same. Like every year, it will change. Like so, I I understand why you moved around a lot. Um, we're having that difficulty right now, <laughs> and we're like, oh man, should we even stay in this place? Because you know, like they're gonna make our rent like two k or something like yeah. that. So, you know that that's understandable why you moved around so much, but. Is it like, have you just always, you know, since you've been here for a while, have you always been intertwined with film since being here? Or is it kind of just like you kind of figured it out along the way? So I, I kind of figured it out along the way. But um, yeah, like ever since, well, I kind of traced back to like my childhood. Like ever since I was, as I was growing up, my mom would always take me to the movies, like literally every weekend, movies like every premiere, and then I always loved the behind the scenes of everything. So, yeah, I yeah. actually I I, I kind of relate to that. You know, there was a, you know, my mom too is like it was a very special thing to do. It was yeah. a very, you know, 
you know, you and your mom time type deal. You know, I, I totally, I totally feel you on that. And, you know, movies, I feel like movies are a big part of everybody's life in that way. But what I love about, you know, us is that we've made it into a career and, you know, like, uh, how would you like as a kid, like, did you imagine it how it actually is? Or is it completely like made up in your head? Like for me, like personally, like I imagined it to be way more glitz and glamour, way more like, you know, like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> it's not like, hey, you, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Give me my fucking shit. Give me my fucking yeah. coffee. Like, you know what I mean? Like, has it always, like, did you come into filmmaking with like already knowledge of it and like how kind of, kind of difficult it can be or were you kind of just like took him back and like because that's how I was I was just way taken back I yeah I was actually I had like no lo knowledge of anything <laughs> as but, most people probably yeah you know. but like damn you only start out like so small you're not like immediately like going straight into like a huge production which is like <laughs> it's really difficult yeah it's, it's, all, it's so the grind is hard, yeah. man. It it really is. Uh, yeah, people don't see it, man. We, I, I mean, personally, me, I've been doing this for like four years, and I still barely got studio jobs. You know what I yeah. mean? So, it's not as glitz and glamorous as it seems. And you know, like for me, it kind of like I I thought I knew a lot about movies growing up because I watched them all day, every day, from yeah. my you know hospital setting, uh, growing up. And like, that's all I ever did. So I feel like you probably had the same feeling of like, oh, I know so much about movies because I watch them all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I know all these actors, these characters. Then you get there and you're like, I know nothing, like yeah. <laughs> nothing. And it sucks because it's like you still, it still kind of feels that way in a way. Yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, it definitely still feels that way. Um, and it, it's a hard thing to get over. Um, but like has what like what type of movies like particularly move you like is there like a certain reason you wanted to get into filmmaking is it because of like the way movies made you feel or is it kind of just like hey like you know this is very interesting let's try it out let's see where it goes uh like i love psychological thrillers and they make my like mind like wow like what the fuck is going on they make them like thing. it makes them like melt huh yeah yeah <laughs> no I, I love psychological thrillers as well but um i also like drama like real real world event scenarios all that is like very like things that make you cry is is crazy like how like something that's being visually storytelled yeah like it's like it came from somebody's head. yeah like that like that you like i think about that sometimes when i watch a movie i'm just like yo like especially if it only has one writer i'm just like this is like two and a half hours which really is probably like two years yeah. of like like this person's imagination just like came alive and like i feel like no one ever thinks of it in that deep level mm -hmm. like it's really it's an interesting thing to think about because you're like it as filmmakers it makes you respect someone more like uh, when I learned like Jordan Peele, it took him like six years to write Get Out, dude. My like respect for that was just, yeah. whew, I just like went so up for that man because it's like that's some dedication mm -hmm. and that's hard work and it's like his psychological thrillers are like mind melting too. 
you know so you know so when you realize like people put real thought into that and like it's 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 crazy to watch someone's imagination come alive and it's even crazier when you have friends and like you know we all make stuff and yeah. then we get to see each other's like imaginations come alive it's very interesting so like since you like psychological thrillers and dramas so much, is that kind of the movies you're kind of looking to make or or write or? Yeah, basically, that's like my main focus is on genres, psychological thrillers. Okay. Is there is there like a particular psychological thriller that just like got you like, yo, like I'm, I have to top that someday? There's so many, but right. I really like Ari Aster's. Oh yeah, like her, uh, Ari Aster's. If you guys don't know, that's like Midsummer, um, Hereditary. Yeah, he's he's a mastermind, man. Like he, uh, it's really crazy. Um, he was like a really young filmmaker too. In A twenty four, he was like one of the first people to work for A twenty four, and now they're all just. I know they. They're all just boom. You know, <laughs> like it's crazy to. It's really crazy to you know imagine imagine mm-hmm. if our lives could be like that. You know. But you never know, man. I I totally I could totally see the future for like you know our whole friend group, and you know it'll, yeah. it's gonna be a nice long journey. But you know as long as we respect the process and we get through it, and you know hard times are always gonna come. But you might as you, yeah. you should do it. It's it's easier or sorry, it's not easier. It's better to fail at something that you like rather than something that you don't like. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I always heard that quote from like I think it was like Jim Carrey or something like that. He's like. He's like, uh, if you don't, if you're gonna fail regardless, so you might as well go and do what you want because you're gonna fail no matter what. So it's like, you know. Yep. <laughs> but anyways, uh, as for you know your filmmaking career is, do you do you have like a particular reason or do you think there's like a certain reason why you like psychological thrillers so much and why you like that type of format so much? Is it kind of like the emotions you bring out of people or is it more or less just like therapeutic situations for you? Uh, I feel like personally my like my whole as I was growing up like my mind's been like kind of like <laughs> fucked up in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I totally feel it. I feel I mean that's why I write psychological stuff so. The way I want to interpret like filmmaking mm-hmm. is how I or what I went through as I was growing up with all the like difficulties in life. Yeah. So yeah. you use it as like a therapeutic yeah. sense. Yeah. I'm very much so. Likewise, I write like a lot of drama work because that's what my, yeah. <laughs> so my life consisted of, you know what I mean? Like in a, in a, you know, you know, like a gut wrenching yeah. real life, you know, like you're saying, like those are the type of movies you love. I, I completely agree. After I watched, um, I think it was the room with Brie Larson. I was like hooked on dramas, man. I was like, I was like, I was like, I want to make those type of movies. Yeah. Those movies. I was like, if that movie can make me feel like that, like I want to make people feel like that. Not like in a bad way, but yeah. in a good way. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Is so growing up, like, what? Like, I would have to ask, what is like your probably most fondest re- memory, like when you're growing up, like in the town, like you were born, uh, which mm-hmm. is Oakland, right? Oakland. Yeah. So like, what is like your fondest memory of like growing up, like in Oakland, you know, before you, yeah, I would say is like released to, you know, traumatic events and released to, you know, situations that won't make you as innocent, I guess you could say. So it wasn't necessarily like in Oakland because 
Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because uh, I moved like what, like around like five or six times as mm-hmm. a kid, and went to like three different high schools. So I was like, damn, it's just traumatic things would be like in San Diego when my mom and dad were like fighting like a lot and then there was this one time well yeah there's one time my mom got mugged in san diego and then dude she came back with like all beat up and then she had to get like some reconstructive thing on her face and then she looked totally like different which was I'm sure freaked you out. Yeah, How old were you when that happened? I was like nine or nine or ten. Okay, so it's like your brain, your brain at yeah. that age doesn't even know what to do with that. I I lost my brother around that age, yeah. and I remember like when you're exposed to such a traumatic event like that, or someone's life is altered that you love very much, like your brain as a child cannot process that. I'm sure, like when you, I don't know about you, but like when you know my brother passed like everyone was like like you know oh my gosh i'm sorry you know this and that. i'm sure it's the same with when yeah. your mom got hurt they're all like oh my gosh you're so like sorry that happened to her this and that but it's like when we're at that age i don't think I, if i remember right like i remember like barely feeling like anything like, I, I remember being yeah. sad but i remember not understanding how things were working i remember how like how like I really could not control the situation whatsoever, no matter what, you know, no matter how I felt, I knew I could not control that situation. And I'm sure you probably felt because it's your mother, and like let's be real, like your mothers are like your first loves, and they, you know, like that's someone you love and care about. And I'm sure seeing them with like a whole new, you know, yeah. reconstructed face is something that like. I can't imagine someone having to wrap their mind around it like 10 years old. Like I could not imagine having to come home to like a different mom. So like, mm-hmm. has she like, is it just like, does she just have like different bone structure now or uh, is it kind of just like formate? Like they had to do like bone grafting, not bone grafting, but skin grafting. I honestly don't know about like the whole like bone stuff, mm-hmm. but her, it was like as if like, it looked like play-doh it looked like play-doh okay. like skin i know what you color mean. play-doh and then it was like all like swollen up and then her you can barely see her eyes she whenever she took me to school she had to wear a, a like a big like sun hat that's crazy and I, it was just hard seeing her like that like yeah, for a imagine. good like month yeah, so it, but it, it eventually, you know, got like the swelling obviously yeah. went down and stuff. And well, you know, I hope she's doing okay now. I'm sure she yeah, is way better. Yeah, I'm sure she is. You know, I'm sure, uh, has she in any way like kind of regained her looks in any way? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. So it's not like a complete, no. you know, transformation, but still, like at being 10, nine years old, it's a very, you know, traumatic thing to go through. It's something that I don't think would make it wouldn't make sense to me. I know I remember how my mindset was at 10 years old and I know that stuff would not make any sense to me whatsoever. So, you know, you know, we lived through that stuff. Do you think, you know, 
is that like a root of like do you think that's like where your depression started is like when that happened to your mom or do you think it was kind of already pre-existing there i think it it kind of was pre-existing but then i i feel like it went more to when i was moving constantly okay that that makes more sense because that's that's that is depressing having to move everywhere all the time but yeah um as I was like moving like everywhere I was, especially in New Jersey, I was known as the California kid. Ugh. And then I lived near kind of, uh, you know, where Jersey Shore is. Yeah. yeah. I lived near there. Oh. That shit affected me so much. Just going every time going to school, known as that kid. Yeah. You're always the new kid. Yeah. You're always, you know, Everyone like I I never understood that concept. It's like a it's like a thing here. I don't know about anywhere else, but like in the U.S., like kids get like made fun of for being the new kid, and it makes literally no sense to me. Yeah. It's like they don't even know them. Like they don't know you. Like you know, like I I never I've seen that quite a few times. I've never, thankfully, I only had to deal with that experience probably like once when I was mm-hmm. younger, and that was in the middle school when I had to move. But I remember that feeling. That feeling wasn't fun, yeah. you know. So I, I, I feel for you, and I feel that, you know, moving around is can be very detrimental. And I'm sure you had the feeling of like, you know, like what is actually home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, although you know you still connected with your family, like you still just like is like is this gonna ever stop? Is it gonna like? You know, and then I'm sure once you became an adult, it didn't stop because you, you know, you're in the military. Um, did that ever like since you're in the military and since you had to travel so much again? Did that? Do you think that kind of brought back or made you revisit those kind of feelings towards that situation? Um. So, like at first, it wasn't. It wasn't really like a big thing for me because I was just so used getting so used to Mm -hmm. being away I don't like see I don't as long as I'm like in contact with my mom that's I feel (laughs) I feel like that's fair that's fair (laughs) mom is home man mothers mothers are our homes man I know I don't know what I would do without my mother she's a she's my rock man yeah been through there for everything so no I totally relate to you man when going through these depressive episodes, right? What do you do to like essentially like calm yourself down? Well, um, I would try to like meditate, clear my mind. Sometimes that'll work, but like depending on what it is, I I'll go back to being depressed, overthinking like constantly, which led to me like not sleeping out till way super late mm-hmm. and then it'll still still like started like occurring so i can't really <laughs> no just, no i know what you mean yeah. like it's it's still there it's still there no i know yeah. what you mean like um overthinking has been like probably the my biggest source of um procrastination like i literally like overthinking kills everything <laughs> It kills everything. It kills the way you feel. It kills your energy. It kills your mindset. It just, it, it's like, it's like, it's personally my like number one source of like depression is because I overthink every little detail. Mm-hmm. 
to everything. Like if we're late somewhere, like me and my wife are late, I'm like already overthinking and you know, we haven't even left and we're not even guaranteed to be guaranteed to be late. You know, so overthinking is so oh, I have so much to say about overthinking. It's just so it's so useless, first and foremost. Yeah. It's incredibly useless because it's like most people from what I take, most people and myself personally is like overthinking, like it never ever turns out the way I thought it was going to. It has never turned out the way I was thinking it was going mm-hmm. to. Um, and I don't think that like, I don't think it ever will. Like, and you know, I think meditation, I think what you're saying, like meditation is a really good way to calm yourself and yeah. overthinking. You know, my wife has um, like that, you know, like that really bad, like really bad anxiety mm-hmm. where it like cripples your whole body. Yeah. Like, she has that and that and that is triggered just by overthinking like you know she can be overthinking about like one little thing and boom like her like i have to take her to the er because her body's you know just Mm -hmm. so stressed somehow like you know and it's crazy that um you know your body can do that to you and i think that's why it's so important to take care of ourselves um and to do you know the proper exercise proper eating you know not that i'm really you know the one to preach it, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I don't, you know, I don't, I still eat junk food and this and yeah, but I think, I think we can always work on ourselves and I think overthinking can totally be beat. You just have to really kind of ask yourself a lot of questions. Like, you know, like for me, like I used to overthink um, like my next move yeah. all the time. I, I, I mean, I still do. I mean, I don't do it as much because I believe in myself more. But I used to like second guess my second my next move all the time, and I'd be like, oh no, it's gonna turn out this way. But I'd be overthinking so much, to where like I just never even do it. Yeah, I never even do it. Like uh, I overthink about um, making a short film all the time. I'm like, I just need to go and do it. I just need to go do it. And I still have not made like a full blown like with a full budget short film. Yeah, you know, the same still, way. Yeah, exactly. You, you know what I mean, like. And I'm sure it's because you overthink everything, bro. Yeah. Like I've I've written like TV shows and they just sit on my laptop and no one looks at it because I sit there and I overthink everything. It's really hard to overcome, but I think as long as you surround yourself with the right mind, with the right mm-hmm. people, or mindset, sorry, and the right people, it, nothing can stop you like in, at the end of the day like nothing can stop you and at the end of the day also like you're your own enemy and it just shows overthinking shows it's like you know all these people can say stuff about you but you don't have to like believe them you know what i mean yeah. but i think our brains subconsciously want that approval so much that it does kill us and it does make us overthink and but at the end of the day it's like like I said, like majority of things we overthink, just they never plan out the way that we think they will. And then most of the time, I don't know about you, but most of the time it turns out way better than I, <laughs> way better than I thought. But not always the case either, yeah. you know, and I think overthinking is, I bet that was, I bet that was kind of, was it very difficult for you? Like with overthinking when you were in the military and you were constantly just like being told what you're doing wrong, being told that like, you know, like you, you were and essentially wouldn't be I wouldn't say being harassed, but we mm-hmm. all know how the military yeah. is and how hardcore they can get. How did you feel like during those times? Like, did you were you just so like 
kind of just everywhere because you were in the military or were you still overthinking all the time and you had time to actually think about things or kind of just so sporadic everywhere all the time? Uh, so um, I would always like be so fucking like nervous or when there's so many like higher ups, like officers, sergeants, like constantly in your face telling you what to do and then like sometimes you'll, you won't know what to do if you're doing it right and then that just le- led to more like oh am i am i good am i doing good mm-hmm. type thing and then that kind of like brought into my personal life it's which was like a big thing that i now uh am affected by kind of in real world scenarios of being around like a bunch of people or maybe in like a workplace so to say yeah i can i can imagine um the military has everlasting effects in thousands and thousands and thousands of ways i can't even imagine you know like i said like i respect you guys all the time like i can never you know, I did like the ROTC, man. And that was enough for my overthinking <laughs> brain, bro. Yeah, the junior ROTC or something like that in high school, man. That yeah. was enough for me. So I've always, I've always had respect for soldiers. And, you know, you guys put up with a lot of shit, like a lot of shit that like is very degrading and very, you know, uh, you know, I can't, I've never been there, but, you know, I've read books mm-hmm. that from people with war like David Goggins. And, you know, that shit just does not, you know, seem fun at all. It doesn't yeah. seem like it's, you know, but you guys, you know, you, I, I can't speak for everybody, but mm-hmm. a lot of people just love this country enough yeah. to where they, they're willing to do that. And that's what makes our troops and soldiers just so special, man, to me personally. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a military family, so I've always had a higher respect for people that serve our country. So, you know, and like this uh, podcast, like, Majority of my vet, my guests are military or uh, or veterans. You know what I mm-hmm. mean. So they, I, I, I just feel like I learned so much from you guys. Like everybody that has served, like you always have like a certain insight in the world, and it's I've never. Everyone's different too. Like you know, it's a different conversation every time. And even talking to my uncle, you know, he doesn't talk about his experiences, but he has a unique perspective on life. And I think that's why I'm so attracted to you guys, like, uh, and like, um, veterans in general. And I love having conversations with veterans because they're just, they're, they're packed with so much information because they've lived, you know what I mean? You've gone out and you've lived and you've had to work through some of the hardest times in your life. You've had to, soldiers have like, had to at times block out everything just to get the job done in like. I can't do that. Like, if something's really bothering me, I can't be put into overdrive mm-hmm. like that. Like, I don't know how you guys do that. It takes a real, it takes a real special person to go to war and serve your country. And you know, even if you don't, you know, go to war just to serve your country and serve the purposes of, you know, the freedom and what the country stands for is awesome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. It's just, I've always had a higher respect. Veterans are actually a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast, you know, because I talked to you, Ernesto, Kyle, you know, you guys just all like inspire me so freaking much. And it's, it's insane to really, 
like think like I'll be like standing next to you guys, and we all just seem so normal, and like it yeah. just seems like everyday life, and then you forget that like, oh yeah, this man like went to war like you know like four or five years ago like and like he has so much yeah. history behind him, but I can that like. You like you just don't know who you're standing next to. You know what I mean? Like, and it's incredible because we're all we all view each other as, as equals mm-hmm. now. So that's why I find it incredible is because you live like this, such like a different life, and, but you still treat me as an equal, and you still treat me like just like normal, like anybody else, and like you don't talk about it. You're humble about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I had to approach you and ask you, you know, questions like yeah. to get it out of you, and so. You know, that's another reason I respect our troops so much is, you know, they're not mainly most of it has to do with, you know, a lot of PTSD and stuff, but they don't, they're not coming back and, you know, talking about the things that they did and they're not coming back and, you know, doing things that mm-hmm. aren't part appropriate. They're always coming back trying to make the place a better world because they saw that other side, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like I said, like I've never been to war, never will be because of my heart condition and stuff. But I, all I can do is read, watch, try to educate myself. And, like, honestly, just, like, thank you, you know, for your service. Thank you, all my friends, for your service. Like, it's greatly appreciated, you know. Like I said, like, my family is full of military people. And so, like, I know I know there's a huge overthinking aspect to that job. Because, yeah. you know, my, you know, my family members or people, friends of my family members have talked about how much they used to be in their head and how much the military has kind of shaped them to not be in their head, you know? And I've always find that unique. Like I always find that, um, very courageous in a way is like, you guys learn how to block the most heinous, most like disturbing things. And you can just block it out if you need to Mm -hmm. get something done. So it's like someone's, you know, just ripping you a new one. It doesn't affect you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and you can, I'm sure, you know, some, some people it does, some people it doesn't, but you know, so usually if someone's a military man or a woman, if like you're in a, say we're on set and I've seen people, I've seen people just keep their cool, you know, and then mm-hmm. people lose their absolute shit. You know what I mean? And then I think that's where you can tell the difference a lot of times, you know, and maybe they don't have a military background. Maybe they're just yeah. a calm person. But 95% of the time is because they've learned that skill. They've lived through it. They've done it. They just, you know, they're used to it. And so, you know, I think a lot of veterans, I think the why we have a lot of veterans in the film business too is because you all thrive in that aspect. You know what I mean? Like, you don't take shit from nobody, bro. Like, I've seen you. Like, you just, like, you do your thing, like. And if people are just like being difficult, I've seen you. I've been I've been like first assistant director. People are just being difficult. You just like you just yeah. let them do them. <laughs> you just let them do them and let them fuck up. You know what I mean? And that's always the right thing to do. Like I I do the same thing. Like everyone's like, oh, you're the first assistant director. You're supposed to be on top of people's shit. I was like, I am on top of those people's shit like all day, but they don't listen to me. <laughs> so sometimes you just gotta sit back yeah. and. So I've always admired that about you. Like uh, like a few, a few months ago, that one project one uh yeah yeah you know you know yeah 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 like that one like you step you had to step back so many times because you're just like yep <laughs> but everybody else was getting so angry bro and you're just sitting just 
Yeah, just vibing out. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, but everybody was just fuming, bro. I was just like, ah, man. I was like, Mickey has <laughs> got his head straight. You and Ernesto were like the only ones that their head straights, bro. You're like, you guys are like, yeah, it's okay. But it's like, you guys are like the only military veterans besides Brandon, but Brandon was like all up building yeah. shit and all that, you know? But yeah, that's when I like, that's when I made that connection. I was like, I was like, I've only ever noticed the people that keep it the coolest, the chillest are all veterans and they all handle it accordingly. Except that one guy that we were working for. <laughs> he was one, but he was just, he was off his wagon for sure. Um, but he, yeah, man, that, that was something else. That was a, definitely a doozy. <laughs> but dude, it's so crazy. Um, bringing, kind of bringing back up, you know, your parents and stuff. I know you're like a, um, I kind of wanted to touch on this too, yeah. because I am a child of this too. You're, you're a child of divorce. So how does that, you know, affected you like in your everyday life? And do you think certain things still affect you to this day? Like, has it like affected a relationship or anything? Like, um, I wouldn't say it like, well, now I see it more as a, a learning experience. Cause after what happened to me with my parents, um, I'm kind of like, damn, I do not want to put my future child in this situation because uh, I'm still heavily, like, like kind of, like, fucked up on <laughs> the mental, I feel you. mental health. I feel you, man. Now I, I'm just like, damn, I don't, I want to be the best dad for my future child yeah no i that is exactly the same thing i learned from you know my parents divorce luckily you know i uh i was really not luckily but you know what i mean like i was i was so young that like i don't remember any of that whatsoever i mm -hmm. think i was like one or two you know so uh it's unfortunate but it is what it is but it has also given me the perspective of like i will stop at nothing to make sure my kids mm -hmm. one have both their parents under the same roof their whole life and you know i want my kids to be i want to be able to afford daycare i want to yeah. be able to take them to disneyland every weekend if i want to you know like cool stuff like and i and i think i think a lot of kids uh or children of divorce will agree that like um that's what we dream of is like having the perfect family and i think that's why like these days, I don't know if you noticed, but like mm -hmm. a lot more dads take accountability. Yeah. A lot more moms take accountability. And I think that's because it's like we're all children of divorce, man. And we're all just have the same mentality of like, I will stop at nothing to make sure my kid has everything I have. And like, if I don't have everything or if I'm not nowhere where I want to be, I'll at least damn make sure I'm there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've know that noticed that for the past few years is because like a lot of children I meet. Um, like on sets and stuff all their parents are together like and I'm like whoa like you know that's maybe it's just yeah. like an LA thing but then I start going back home and all their parents are together you know and yeah. I think and I, I noticed like a commonality of all of them were like my parents fucking sucked and not saying that like our parents mm -hmm. sucked yeah. you know what I mean but they the situations that they had to live through and you know the divorce factor you know it tears families apart 
divorces do tear families apart, you know, whether you're old enough to realize it or not, you know, they do tear your life apart. Um, and it's just never fun for the kids. But I think that's why we all grow up to, you know, be great parents. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I can't wait. I can't wait to, like, have kids and spoil them and, you know, give them everything I didn't have. Like, you know, whether that's, you know, keeping the whole cabinet full of food, you know, like, mm -hmm. of course, my parents did everything they could and I love them dearly and, you know, this and that. But there were times that were like, we didn't have food, that much food or like uh, the heater were cut out or something like that. Like, I just never want my kids to be in that position. Um, even though I'm like married now and everything and people are all constantly asking yeah. us, oh my God, when are you going to have kids? It's like, we're both like, yeah, like 10 years from now, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> like for real, like, because we have a mission. We both come from uh, uh, parents of divorce and we both come from poor backgrounds. And, you know, like, um, I mean, she, my wife, my, my wife has by far beat me in that aspect for sure. Uh, she, She's lived quite the life over in Brazil, man. But yeah, man, we just, we kind of sat down with each other. And I think it's important to find a partner that agrees to it too. Yeah. We sat down with each other. I was like, look, I was like, I need this certain amount of money before I have a kid or I need this certain amount of assets or whatever. And so I can make sure I'm good. My kids are good. Or like, I think I, me and Sabrina joke all the time. I'm always like, I'm not having a kid so I can afford a Tesla. <laughs> and we laugh, but like, we really mean that yeah. because like, we want to be like, we don't want, although we know it's completely and utterly possible to afford a kid right now, it's not the level we want to be at. And I think, uh, I think when you think like that, you know, like you, me, and we have that mindset of like, we got to do the best we can for our kids that that's just that itself is going to make us great parents because we're not they're not even alive yet man and we're already thinking about them you know what i mean like yeah. they're not even alive yet and i'm sure you've been thinking for years for years like oh i'm never gonna do this i'm never gonna yeah. do that this and that like oh i can't wait to show them that i'll do this or it's like you know it's like oh i'll never miss a birthday or i'll never miss a christmas or, you know it's like it's like you just tell yourself all of these things throughout the years like i'm never gonna miss these things you know, and hopefully, you know, hopefully mm -hmm. we can make them come true. You know, I, mean, I have no doubt we will. But being being a ch child of divorce is probably one of the most, I would say personally, one of the most difficult parts of my life. Um, you know, like, uh, I, you know, I don't, I'm sure we'll elaborate into your background. Mm -hmm. But like, from my background, it's like, you know, my dad wasn't around that much. And, you know, it is what it is, you know, you know, we, we made, we made up and, you know, I love him to death now. And he's like the coolest dad on the planet now, you know, and I think he definitely made up for his lost time. Um, and, you know, but it's, as a kid, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand why my dad wasn't around. I didn't understand why things had to be the way they were. I didn't understand why my parents didn't like each other. Um, you know, and I've, divorce confuses children a lot. Um, I, I just remember, like, I never remembered them getting divorced, but I remember what it was like being a kid. I remember having two Christmases and all that. Yeah. Some kids think that was cool. Like, it's not. It's really <laughs> no, not. It's yeah. not. Like, when you don't care about, like, I grew up with my parents telling me, like, parents, like, or presents. Like, my parents told me presents ain't mm -hmm. shit. Like, I never got super fancy stuff for Christmas until I was, like, a teenager. You know what I mean? Like, I just never really cared for gifts. And so, like, 
when you when you don't care for those things, it's like two Christmases suck, man. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, like they were awful. And I remember, you know, like I'd spend a whole summer there and this and that. You know, I don't know about you. Um, you know, how did your how did like yours plan out? You know, like what what was kind of like the age you were like, and how did that affect you at that time of that age, and how has it affected you to this day again? Um, are you talking about like just divorce in general? Yeah, like divorce. So like when your parents like when your parents you like you your parents got divorced, right? Yeah. yeah. So they when they when they got divorced, like how like what age were you? Because I believe every age is a different perspective of divorce because you're at a different stage in your yeah. life and you understand it differently. So it was around my somewhere around my high school. Okay, so high school day. Time. Yeah, I got like super like like my how do you say like i started like breaking out a lot from all this shit going on and then when it got like so bad where it's like damn i'm super self-conscious about how i look which led to me like being scared to even like talk to anyone Mm -hmm. knowing that they're gonna think of me like of how i look yeah and it's kind of crazy to think that like you know even divorce has the factors of like it creates problems that have nothing to do with Mm -hmm. the situation Uh, it 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 can do that and i i totally feel for you man you know like so when you said you break out do you mean like you're kind of your face kind of broke out or like you as a character broke out i um i'd say kind of both because okay so it was just it, a, it you're just, a teenager yeah you, you teenagers yeah. we all know <laughs> how god awful teenage oh, yeah. fucking years are man like the worst the worst years of our lives like if you if you thought your teenage years were great you didn't suffer enough <laughs> <laughs> like like i'm just gonna put it out there like my teen years were not fun at all man like it was it was full of turmoil yeah. you know face breakouts, you know, feeling very insecure, you know, like a lot of people don't know this, but you know, I'm a very outgoing guy, but I'm still a very insecure and very shy man. Like I just can't, I just swallow my pride, man. I just gotta, you know, I just go out and do it. But when I remember when I was a teenager, I started to develop like really bad, uh, anti-socialness and like, it made it really bad for me to make friends. And like, I developed a way of like, I don't know. I always had trouble making friends growing up. I was, it was always friends with like the weird kids. Cause I was the weird kid, you know? Uh, and then as I, I think like at the end of high school, like I, it wasn't as hard to make friends, you know, a lot more people knew me, but I was also like, I was a small school, mm-hmm. but also like with a small school is like that. I don't know about you. Did you kind of go to like a small school or anything? <laughs> Like um, a thousand or under? Oh no! Oh no! No! You're like oh huge. no! You're like oh no! Like three thousand? Damn. 000. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say I was like it makes it really hard um to be uh antisocial when yeah. everybody knows you. Um, I you know personally me that was a problem I ran into because I also worked at like one of the only two fast food places in the entire fucking town so like everybody knew I'd be like walking in like some store and be like it's the Taco Bell guy (laughs) I'd be like fuck you bro like you know what I mean but it's being anti-social like I understand that man you know not having my dad around in my teen years 
really confused me like what to do as a man mm-hmm. how how i should feel you know i had to rely on my mother for all those things you know and i know when you're a teenager i can't imagine going through a divorce through a teenager because of our hormones yeah. are already so crazy like i said and i'm sure that was really difficult for you because you know you're dealing with Oh, like, I want girls to like me. You know, mm-hmm. I need to pass school to go to a good college. What am I going to do after school? Uh, you know, like, oh, why isn't this, you know, girl or guy like me and this and that. And then on top of that, you have a divorce. You know, you're going through. I've seen I've had friends uh, whose parents got divorced in high school. And like, I just remember it just was not pretty. And, you know, like, how do you think you got through that? Like, what do you think helped you best? To get through that situation mm, like right. obviously time helped fade it away but it's like is there like one thing that you kind of like tried to focus on the most just to distract yourself like what was like the most distracting thing to help you like cope with all that to be honest like <laughs> video games <laughs> hey man <Yeah>. video games <laughs> are hey man there's no bagging on video games anymore because yeah. people <laughs> People make millions of dollars a year yeah. playing video games now, man. People can't bag on video <laughs> games like that no more. So it's like I, I understand that I, that was one of my sources, um, blocking out a lot of things. I spent a lot of my time in my room playing video games. Yeah. Um, I regret it now. I wish I would have yeah. maybe. Div- <laughs> I I don't know about you, but I wish I would have spent my time like developing more skills. Honestly, same. <laughs> <laughs> like like I like think back. I'm like I go to school with some of us, like our kids at our school. And some of them be like, yeah, I've been picking up a camera since I was like five. I'm like, For real? I'm like, damn, bro. I was like, I started. Pick- I was like, this is the first time I touched the camera, bro. Like, I I just always wanted to do this though. I swear, like, and then they're like, yeah, okay. Like, no, I swear, I've always wanted to do this. Yeah, no, dude, it's, um, video games is a good escape, though, and, you know, my, uh, he's not really a baby, but I call him, like, my baby brother, Trey, he's about 16 now, and he's kind of going through that phase of, like, all he wants to do is play video games, Mm -hmm. and my whole family, including myself, is trying to get him to realize you need to build these skills, man, because you're gonna end up like your big brother, Yeah. And like, although like I have, you know, I have a nice apartment now. I have a beautiful wife. I have a little, you know, adoptive <laughs> dog, you know, a cute little son guy. And it's still, I still sit back and wish I would have learned so much back then. And I, I sit here and imagine like overthinking. Mm-hmm. I sit here and imagine constantly how much further I would be in life if I would have made better choices. But I think. That kind of goes back to divorce is like those type of situations, you know, I had my own situations, but for you, like I could see that like going through that divorce really clouded your sense of judgment. Um, It clouded your sense of character and like who you wanted to be in life. And like, that's totally normal Mm -hmm. because like, I remember, you know, it's totally different situation, but I had lost someone really, really special to me. You know, someone was, he was like my father figure my only father figure at the time and I had lost him. And that was like my junior year of high school. And like, I dropped out, I left school. Like I remember coming to school one day and just telling my principal walked in. I was like, look, man, I was like, I've never, you know, really missed school that much. I've never done this and that. I was like, but I'm just like, you know, like I gotta, I gotta unenroll. And it's like, you know, like, mm-hmm. 
going through something traumatic like a divorce or a death or you know it doesn't matter like going through those during your teenage years it affects your brain permanently for good like it, it really does like it, you know of course i'm not gonna like bombard people with like all these studies and you know like yeah. all that stuff but if you just do basic research it's there the studies are there that divorce has caused you know so much turmoil in teenagers and it has affected them and their daily life going forward and so you know i am although i am a child of divorce i also don't know what it's like to live through that divorce so i can never capitalize yeah. on that but i can always feel for you with like how that affected you because i know like to this day i still deal with things that like i'm like why wasn't you know like a certain person around at that time or why didn't that person want me at that time and like it you wouldn't think it would affect you as an adult but it really does um i don't know about you but like i just find myself you know second guessing myself as a parent before i'm even a parent yeah you know what i mean like um and i don't know if that's like if you feel that same way but like that's that's kind of like my big takeaway from you know living through divorce um, and going through my teenage years really without my dad around, and that's fine. You know, I love my dad. He's cool. He's awesome. He's a great dad now. And he just, you know, I under, we had a long talk and I understood why. And, you know, and I think that's important too, is like when you go through those things and I know your mom had like a mugging, so I'm sure, you know, yeah. your relationship, like that taught you like to really hold close to your family. And I'm sure that really, really taught you, you know, like losing my brother has taught me to hold close to my family. And yeah, granted, I've lost that over the years, but, you know, I'm trying to regain that. But with that being said, it's like, I think it's so important for people to have relationships. And it's so important to just like forgive people. Like, and I'm sure your mom and dad have forgiven each other. Just like my, yeah. it, it might've taken, you know, like 20 <laughs> years for my parents, maybe like 15 years. But, you know, they got around to it 10 years, you know, everyone eventually gets around to it. It's just not I've learned that it's just like holding grudges and, you know, not talking to people about how you feel is like and like I wish I would have known and had that skill and that bravery and that just like commitment to do that when I was a teenager. You know what I mean? I would have asked my dad a lot more questions. I would have ask my mom a lot more questions i mean i have answers now but like it doesn't matter now because you know i'm a grown man now so it doesn't matter is there like anything that like do you think like when you were growing up and you were kind of post-divorce how did like your parents you know react were they kind of bitter towards each other or were they more or less kind of in the friendly sense uh so they kind of as i was getting older they're kind of like becoming more like friends again and mm -hmm. then i would see my dad more often um at family gatherings whatnot but and then but yeah they're on like actual like really good terms now so That's nothing's good. no fights or anything happens which is great that's good that's good man yeah i it's the same situation with my um, parents now, too. I mean, both my parents are remarried. So, you know, that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know about your parents about being remarried or anything, but 
My it's, mom doesn't want to get back into marriage. <laughs> I don't blame her. I don't blame her. I wouldn't blame her. But it's just like, you know, it's it's for me personally, it's like I have a stepdad now and I have a stepmom. And both those people, you know, bless their souls, have, you know, turned both my parents around. And I really think that, you know, those two have helped evaporate you know, their turmoil towards each other. And I don't think they realize it either. I think, you know, like with my stepmom, she's always kind of been like, you know, just give them a chance, you know. Been through a lot already. Like, she doesn't need more on her plate. As My stepdad's like, you know, I don't know if they actually say Mm -hmm. this stuff, you know. If my parents are watching, this is not inside scoop. This is just like, (laughs) I'm guessing, you know, as to where, like, my stepdad is like, told my mom to, like, not give as much of a shit about things. You know, and so, like, I think it's also very important when you're going through those situations to have a support system. It speeds yeah. it speeds up the process a lot. You know, if I would have had my stepdad at the time, I'm sure my dad would have been around a lot more in my life, to be honest. But, like, I, I do think so. And I think um people come in your life for a reason. And I think, you know, I think our parents get divorced for a reason. You know, now that I'm older, like, I'm so much happier knowing that my mom didn't stay with someone that she didn't want to be with anymore you know what I mean like and so that is as I've gotten older made me happier and it's made me happier seeing um you know both my sides of my family Mm -hmm. just come to terms with each other and like you know when I start having kids like I know like I can have all both sides of the family in a room have nothing to worry about, you know. I don't. You, I'm sure you're the same way. Yeah. Since your dad goes to like uh, family events and stuff, yeah. so that's like it's a nice thing. And you know, for some people, unfortunately, they don't get that, you know, luxury. But that kind of just brings back to like I want to tell people to just like you know like take care of your relationships. You know, if you don't like something, you know, be vocal about it. You, you can't. You, people cannot read your mind. But yeah, man, divorce is uh. It's a deadly thing, man, and I'm glad to, uh, I actually read some statistics uh, last night, uh, or not last night, but yesterday, and, you know, the divorce rate is going down so much, like, uh, I think it was, like, 54%, like, last three years ago or something, and they just did another one, yeah, they just did another one, and it's down to, like, 47%. That's wild. So I mean, it is wild, but that is it's yeah, like almost a good like, wild. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It's pretty wild. So like you know, just I also think it's important that people just like live with their significant other first before they get married. You know, like not that me and my wife had a problem, but like it was some. There were some things, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like just like everybody else, there were some things where you're just like, that's gonna get hard to get used to. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not a bad, you know, it's not a bad thing or anything. It's just like. You should definitely, you know, take care of your relationships, know what you're getting yourself mm-hmm. into. And, you know, overall, just, you know, do it with thought and care. I couldn't, I can't stress that enough, man. And, yeah, man, I just, uh, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're here, though. And I'm grateful that, you know, your journey has brought you all the way here, man. Like, it's, it's crazy to think about that. Like, I'm sure you think about all the time, like, where you were, like, four years ago and then you're just like you're like whoa you're like what the fuck like i get lost in my ambition so much and i remember like four years ago dude i was like miserable working at like buffalo wild wings and (laughs) you know like no one thought i was miserable but i was so miserable bro i did not want to be there ever and like 
it's just, dude, like, it's really, uh, I find it very admirable, you know, how far you've come, you know, your journey. Um, you know, we didn't really get, like, super duper into detail, but, you know, I know personal things about you. And, like, I just, like, commend you as a human being. You know, you've been through a lot. And I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for always, you know, showing support, always for hitting me up for jobs, you know. Thank you. All that stuff, <laughs> you know, man. I We're going to have a long friendship. I'm sure we're going to work together. And I knew you're already, like, DPing my freaking uh, <laughs> thesis. So it's already, it's a sold deal. So you know what I mean? So yes, sir. I just want to say thank you again for coming on, man. Um, and I really appreciate us talking and really getting to know each other like this man thank you everyone so much for listening and tuning in to the searching for happiness podcast i am your host joseph grable and with my uh, guest mikio franny thank you everyone for listening and i hope you all have a beautiful day thank you thank you